Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with the mental illness and to normalize the mental health conversation. So it's another episode and I am excited to record episodes as always. I think I'm more so excited about actually getting some interviews in. I've been doing a lot of solo episodes lately, so I will be interviewing some people and I know for a fact that what will be shared um, will definitely be helpful to you. Um, Just a little check-in with you all. So as you all know, this month, uh, the past two months, honestly, have been pretty challenging, but I think more specifically this month, just because it just so happened that not only is it Suicide Prevention Awareness Month uh, for September and my birthday month, um, I've also been struggling with suicidal ideation. So that is a lot, especially when I like I haven't struggled with it in a year or almost a year. So it has truly been challenging and um, I just want to thank every person who's reached out to me. Like I said, I'm, I'm really, really grateful to have a community of people who uh, support me, who believe in me and want to see me do well. Um, just so many people from people on social media who've reached out to me, um, people at my gym who've reached out to me, family members and friends, just is definitely needed. And like I said, do not take it personal, y'all. If I don't respond right away, it truly has nothing to do with you. It is it's just very challenging for me um, to engage in a conversation when I'm not well, but know that I see it and I am grateful. Um, I respond um, as soon as I I get the strength to do so. Um, because, you know, sometimes people want to go into details and I just don't have the energy to do that. So I have to wait until I'm able to, to, you know, to be able to talk about it or sometimes just let people know, like, uh, like I just told someone, I really don't want to get into the details right now, but thank you for checking on me. Um, and so just know that I'm really grateful and I'm appreciative. So if you reached out to me in any way, um, email, um, Facebook Messenger. I'm not on social media right now, but I do have the Messenger app um, on my phone so I can at least, uh, just in case someone reaches out to me there. But just just thank you and know that it's appreciated. I also um, wanted to announce, well, let me take a, a moment back and a quick step back really quick and just say uh, thank you to... Um, well, not thank you, actually shout out to new listeners. So if you're new here, let me tell you what this podcast is about. For all of my OG listeners who've been listening from the beginning, 
Um, we are we still a baby podcast. We're about a year and a half in. Um, and the mission of this podcast is really to provide a safe space for people to talk about their mental health challenges. Um, I pride myself on being very transparent and vulnerable because for me, I walked around with a mask for far too long and it was so draining and exhausting and I just don't do that anymore. So I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of other people, um, that you will be encouraged to prioritize your mental health, that if you are a caregiver for someone, that you will have uh, more compassion for them to understand what someone is going through, especially if they've been diagnosed uh, with a mental health condition. And um, again, like I said, prioritizing your mental health and also connecting the dots and seeing how everything in our life truly does impact our mental and emotional well-being from the relationships we have to the careers we have to our finances uh everything truly does uh impact our mental health and so if we are not doing things to make sure that we are mentally and emotionally healthy um it often leaves us to going into um a crisis and so by hearing these stories you know people talk about being at their lowest point um I am a suicide survivor and I remember I met someone at a training and they was like, what does that mean? And I was like, a person who survived suicide. Um, because y'all know I don't, I discourage and frown upon anyone who says, um, you know, this person attempt, uh, no, this person committed suicide or this person tried to commit suicide. And the reason being is because we don't say to a person who maybe passed away or got, you know, sick uh, with cancer or diabetes that they committed to their death. And we're, and instead of blaming the individual and saying that they were going to commit something, it needs to be, um, it's the mental illness that, or the circumstance that influenced that behavior. So it's really important that we don't say um, someone committed suicide or someone tried to commit suicide, just say, you know, someone died by suicide or they almost lost their life um, to suicide. So that way it takes the blame off the individual and it puts it on um, the mental state or the mental health condition um, that influenced that behavior. Um, and so it was something I used to say, but then I'm like, why would I say I was committed to it? It wasn't something I was committed to. It was just, I was not even in the right mental state space to to think straight so it was not me and so I have to I had to admit that to myself and I think it's just something we say as a society I've heard um, therapists say it and people who work in the mental health field say it and I'm like we really have to change the language and people are I do see articles now that are changing the language uh, behind it so I just want to caution you so as I've stated it is September is suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and I was blessed to share my story at the Cathedral International Church in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. And so thank you to uh, Bishop Hilliard and the entire Cathedral International family for giving me a space to to share my story. Um, I'm just really grateful um, that people are being encouraged and that people are 
open to talking about mental health and knowing that they can pray to Jesus and they can see a therapist at the same time. It's not either or, it's both. And so I'm really grateful that God is um, opening doors for me and giving me a space to talk about it in a community that I have been involved in pretty much my entire life and that in a community that has often frowned upon or shamed um, mental health treatment. And so the fact that I have a voice and people are reaching out to me, it truly does mean a lot to me. So anytime I get to share my story, I'm always extremely grateful to do so. And I want to uh, make this quick announcement, but needless to say, if you're new, welcome. I hope that something that is shared with you, that it encourages you and that you pass it along to someone else. If you think this podcast can benefit someone else, feel free to uh, pass it along to them. We have amazing interviews with uh, people like Shantae Atkins. Um, We have an interview with the amazing Lauren Hope, and she shares her story of how her depression left her homeless as she was a former uh, news reporter. Uh, We have the amazing and incomparable author, singer, actress Jennifer Lewis, who shared her story. We talked to therapists on here who, therapists who've been very open that, uh, who live with the mental health condition. Therapist uh, Sharon Lawrence of My Sila Wellness talks about how she's a therapist that goes to therapy. So we have some really great content. Um, and so just feel free to check it out. And uh, if you have any suggested topics um, or if you uh, would like to share your story, feel free to do so. Um, I'm always looking for stories, um, especially covering topics that I may not have discussed. So, yeah. Um, so welcome. So I also want to announce that um, we have so this Sunday, October 6th. I will be back in New Jersey uh, sharing my story at St. Matthew's AME Church in Orange, New Jersey. That just happened because that wasn't uh, planned a week ago. But um, when I shared my story at the uh, Vashti, um, their dinner that they had, I was speaking to a room full of to pastors um, who came to Washington, D.C. from all over the country and just wanted me to, um, they reached out to me. A lot of them purchased my book and they want me to come and speak at their churches. So um, I was invited to speak at St. Matthew's where I will be giving, not the sermon because I'm not a preacher, but instead of having the service, I will be sharing my story in lieu of there being a sermon for that Sunday. So um, I've asked my family to come out. So if anyone is available and you um, and you know you haven't been able to make it to any other events in the New Jersey, New York area because I've had quite a few, um, you can feel free to come out to this particular event, which is this Saturday, October 6th at 9 a.m. And then I'll also be um, having books for you to purchase um, and to get them signed if you would like. So that's just a quick announcement. And so for today's topic, y'all, since we're going we're gonna to close out Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, um, I really want to talk about the warning signs of suicide. And I think it's important to note that sometimes there may not be warning signs, but there are a lot of times or many times where there are. 
Um, and so I think it's important that we talk about this because especially for uh, African-Americans, um, young adults, so children as young as eight years old are taking their lives. And right now, black children have the highest rate of suicide. And not only am I a suicide survivor, but I lost my 14-year-old cousin to suicide. So suicide prevention is something that's extremely important to me because, as you all know, I've been very honest this entire month of September. I have struggled with suicide ideation for most, for I would say majority of this month. So... I've had to make some adjustments in my life right now to help me uh, during this time. And we'll we'll talk about that on another episode. But specifically, I, I really want to talk about uh, the warning signs of suicide and uh, really just dispelling some of those myths that we that we like to say when it comes to suicide so like one of those myths that we often say is that suicide is selfish and someone's not thinking about the other person. So it's important that if especially if you're going to help someone who is suicidal, do not say, you know, things that will make a person feel worse like you're being selfish, you're only thinking about yourself, people are going to miss you, like why would you want to do that? That's not going to help someone. So the thing is, like I said, when that per- when a person is in that mental space, they are not themselves. They're not thinking clearly. So it's not that the person is intentionally um, doing something because, they, uh, because they're trying to hurt their loved ones. The person is more so hurting internally and often want the pain whatever is going on internally to stop. So it's more so about a lot of times people just, they do, they just want the pain to stop. And sometimes in that moment, it seems like ending their life would be the best option when that's not necessarily the case. But in that moment, it does make sense. And I get it because I've been there plenty of times. So I want to encourage you too to to make sure that you know that we don't do that. Um, try to guilt the person, say something along the lines like you know you're being selfish, or like especially if you're a part of the, the Christian, faith based community, and be like oh you're gonna you're going to hell, y'all. That's not, those are that's not how you assist someone. So those are definitely uh, myths that that come up for me as far as when people saying they're being selfish or that they um that they're going to go to hell or something like that. So I I just had to wanted to make sure that I talked about that and sometimes, you know, people just feel like when they're in that space that it would be better if they weren't here because then they wouldn't be a burden um or whatever they're thinking at the time it makes sense to them. So um I just want to make sure that I that I that I talk about that so that people are um, a bit more compassionate when someone is in um, that mental space. So when we talk about the warning signs of, of of suicide, 
there are quite a few. Now, the first one would just be the person is simply threatening to hurt or kill themselves. So they just may say it straight out like, I'm going to I'm going to kill myself. Then, you know, that should be taken seriously. If a person says that that's what they're going to do there. Um, and also another thing is looking for ways to kill themselves. So like seeking the means. So that could be like access to pills or weapons or things that they need to um, to end their life. Um, another thing that people often do is they will talk or um, they'll write about death. So they'll write like a suicide letter or write about dying. That could be anything. That could be in a letter. That could be on social media. That could be through a text message. Um, expressing that they're feeling hopeless. That's a huge one. Um, and it's interesting when you think of it um, being hopeless because I remember when I had my suicide attempt three and a half years ago, I did feel extremely hopeless. And like most recently, while I've been suicidal, I haven't necessarily, I haven't had a plan um, of like how I would do it. I just know like I've often been having like reoccurring death, uh, uh, like thoughts of dying. So like I've had a dream about dying uh, this last week. I've had um, just moments of feeling like I wanted to die or I wish I was dead, like but I didn't necessarily have like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I also didn't feel hopeless this particular time. Like this much, I, I, you know, I haven't, I didn't feel hopeless. Um, the thoughts were just there. And because for so long for me, like suicide was often my first go-to thought for everything. As, as young as I can remember at, as of like 11 or 12 years old, I remember when just anytime life seemed so overwhelming for me as a child or like in my early 20s or like in college or grad school I just remember for a a lot of my life that anytime things seemed so over like whelming extremely stressful for me that suicide was often my first go-to thought like it was automatic and I didn't realize this until therapy but it was often my first thought for like, it was the solution. And in therapy, I really had to and continue to work on not going there immediately. And now, now it doesn't happen for me. It's not typically my first thought. So I've been in therapy for four years as of September 11th. And um, it, it's not my first initial thought or it has not been uh, recently. But of course, this particular month, I just so happened to be um, suicidal during this particular time. But I can say that the thoughts um, don't they don't come up for me as frequently um, as the first initial thought. So um, but yeah, so like I said, going back to as far as like feeling um, hopeless or expressing hopelessness like this, month, I didn't feel hopeless. But when I had my attempt and I had a plan and I like attempted to do what I did feel extremely hopeless. But that's a big one when people just feel like there's no point to existing. Nothing's going to get better. 
I sh- it's just it's better if I'm not here. So that's a big one. Um, another thing is feeling rage or like anger or seeking revenge. That's a huge one. So um, and a, a lot of times I think in terms of that, a myth that often comes up for me is that sometimes people be like, oh, they're not going to do it. They're just saying that they're going to kill themselves um, for attention. Y'all, anytime somebody says that they're going to um, um, end their life, like, y'all, it doesn't matter. And if um, you don't know if they're doing it to seek attention, um, because there have been stories where people said that they're going to do it and they did it. I actually heard the story a couple months ago. So it's important that it's taken seriously. Um, another thing is people often feel trapped um, and like there's no way out. So that kind of ties into feeling hopeless a little bit. But yeah, they feel like they're just so stuck in it. And it's like, I can so relate to that because I know how it feels to feel stuck and just feel like it's never going to get better. And like, I just, you know, you feel so trapped inside of it. And that's a very real thing. And that's often a sign. Another sign is people will increase their drug and alcohol use. So like, They will start doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot um, and just kind of like engaging in extremely risky behavior. Um, uh, A huge thing, of course, is withdrawing from family or friends or just people like society, people in general. So just like staying in. So I've been isolating a lot this month and I did push, you know, was I did push through um, some days, but there were other days where I just, I couldn't do it. No, no matter how hard I tried, I just, I just couldn't do it. And so I would, you know, I often isolate. And on last week's episode, I also talked about why I often isolate sometimes. Like, you know, like I said, for the whole thing of not wanting to constantly repeat that I'm not doing well, um... Also, a protection thing, like people sometimes saying things that are not the best. So I do often isolate, but I I can say that what has helped me during this particular time, I've been continuing and staying in therapy. So I would, yeah, so I, I, like I said, I've been continuing to, to stay in therapy. So I've been talking to my therapist a lot about it. So I may not talk to family members and friends as much about being suicidal and what those what the specific thoughts are but I've been continuing with my therapist so that has been extremely helpful to me so like I said I may withdraw but my therapist is probably the only person who will get who will absolutely get a response (laughs) even before my mom (laughs) so um It's still, it's not good to withdraw, but as I've stated, that is often a sign that someone is, um, could be suicidal if they're withdrawing from everyone, family, friends, and just the society in general. Um, They are often experiencing um, a a lot of like anxiety and agitation, um, being able, unable to sleep and sleeping all the time. Y'all, that is me wrapped up in one. When I tell y'all, I will sleep, I will, I've slept 
one time, like I said, my Fitbit one time told me throughout this month that I slept for 18 hours. I will sleep a lot um, or either my sleep pattern is thrown off and I really can't go to sleep. But when I get in the moments where I'm sleeping, I usually sometimes sleep a lot too because for me, I don't want to constantly think about being suicidal. So I just sleep all the time. So that way I'm not thinking. But then sometimes I dream about it. So it, it gets to be uh, pretty challenging. Um, but yeah, so they can be experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of agitation. And I know for me, I'm definitely often extremely agitated. Like, yeah, very snappy and just uh, a very not not as pleasant to be around. Um, but that is another sign. Also undergoing a dramatic a mood change so like sometimes it could be like someone could be feeling extremely happy like on a high um before attempting to end their life because they feel um they feel at peace often sometimes you know sometimes people will feel at peace they made up in their mind and they've accepted it so their mood could go to like extremely high like being extremely uh just really extremely happy, um, kind of like maybe having thoughts of grandeur. So I, I just thought that that's important to also know. And then, I mean, just I mentioned this, you know, feeling no reason to live, no sense of purpose in life, like or sometimes people uh, could be feeling like a failure, things like that. And so it's it's really important that we realize that we talk about the need, um, I mean, I'm sorry, talk about the warning signs of suicide and it could be so many things. And that's a lot. I just named a lot, you know, talking about threatening to hurt or kill their self or seeking the means to get it, whether that's, you know, like I said, getting the pills or the weapons, feeling hopeless, um, you know, engaging in risky, risky activity, you know, feeling trapped, withdrawing, um, seeking revenge, um, uh, appearing agitated, like all those things. Um, another, uh, sign I think that's important to note is that sometimes people will give away, um, valuable possessions. So it may say something like, you know, I just want you to have this and, you know, um, you know, thank you for, but it's something that they, that they love. Like I can't even think of something at the moment that I really, really love, but something that they love it could be like a trophy something that's really meaningful for them like maybe a wedding ring and they'll give those things away so that's often um also sometimes can be a sign when someone is giving away valuable possessions so if someone um if you've seen warning signs um engage the person in a discussion about your observations, like the things that you've noticed and say like, hey, I've noticed you've been isolating. You've seen really um, agitated um, or, you know, your your Facebook posts or, um, you know, your tweet caught me off guard. You know, I'm concerned. It's important to directly ask them about suicidal thoughts. So Do not, don't avoid using the word suicide. Like, say what it is. A lot of times people have a really hard time saying it because it's a really um, sensitive topic. But it is important to express the question without 
dread and without expressing like a negative judgment. So the question should be very direct and to the point. So you could say something like, are you having thoughts of suicide? Or are you thinking about killing yourself? Um, because you need to be direct. Don't say, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Because hurting yourself doesn't necessarily mean suicidal. You know, there's a such thing as um, non-suicidal, like, self-injury. So that could be, like, scratching, pinching, cutting, you know, things like that. Um, just because someone struggles with self-harm, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're suicidal, which that's a whole nother episode. And we could talk about um, self-injury in another episode, but... In terms of suicide, it's really important that you're really direct and don't say, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Because if you say that, that doesn't necessarily mean suicide. So do not avoid using the word suicide. It's important that you say that. If you appear confident, um, you know, in the face of um, a suicide crisis, this can be really reassuring to the person. And so although some people may think that asking about um, suicide will put the mind like put the idea into someone's mind so people will be like oh if you ask someone if they're suicidal you're gonna put the idea in their head no you're not that's not true they were already thinking about it before you even asked them so even sometimes someone asking someone could be a relief because it's like oh now I can really talk about what's going on so that that's a, a, a huge myth um that it's going to put it in their mind um, um, and so, like I said, another, uh, in terms of like myths too, is just like, sometimes people say someone who talks about suicide isn't really serious. So remember that talking about suicide may be a way for the person to indicate just how, um, how badly they're feeling. So I really wanted to talk about that because a lot of times the aunt, you know, w- will bring someone to that mental space is um a, you know a mental you know a mental health condition such as depression or bipolar disorder or schizophrenia make sure that when you're talking to someone that you let them know that you're concerned you know and um because when you do that um they'll see that someone cares because sometimes you feel like people don't care um and so that's why it's it's important that you you don't um avoid using that word suicide and make sure that you're extremely direct. And so the first thing to do is just make sure that you're keeping the person safe if they are suicidal and provide a safety contact number. So that can be 911 um, or like the mobile crisis line. Um, You can give them the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline or like the crisis text line. Um, You can help the person, you know, identify like past supports that they've had, like what they maybe have done in the past, whether that's family members or support groups. Um, you know, it's important that you involve them in the decision making and that you, you know, you do call like law enforcement immediately if the person has a, a weapon or if they are behaving aggressively if a person is suicidal. And sometimes calling the police may not be the best option. Uh, because sometimes police officers are not trained in mental health first aid, so they they don't know how to best assist someone. So if you have a mobile crisis line that like kind of goes around in your in your county, um, in your city, wherever you are, it would be best to contact them first. Um, so it may be best to just try to find out if where you live have one, and then if not, then contact the police. Um, and sometimes the police are 
could, you know, they are helpful, but there are many cases where they have not been best with supporting people who are struggling mentally. So, but it's important that you do not leave a person who is actively suicidal alone. Don't leave them by themselves. Like I mentioned before, do not use guilt and threats to try to prevent someone from ending their lives. Um, like you'll go to hell, you'll ruin people's lives if you, if you, you know, kill yourself. And never, ever, ever agree to keep someone plan a secret. So that's something you definitely don't want to do. So it's important that you have some resources on hand that just in case someone, you know, is feeling suicidal, that you know what to do. And that's why I'm going to go back to talking about mental health first aid because it can really help you with help with knowing how to assist a person when they are suicidal. And so, like I said, I recently became trained to teach mental health first aid and I think it's a huge resource and very beneficial to individuals who are just any person in the community. People, you interact with people in the grocery store, at work, um, schools, the gym, like you never know what someone is going through. So it's, it's really important that, you know, you consider if you're listening to this podcast that you consider, um, taking a mental health first aid course, it will truly, truly help you. And like I said, I will be offering, um, a few courses for mental health first aid. Um, I'll definitely be doing one before the year ends. And then, Um, I'll be doing a lot more when the new year comes in. So um, I'll be sure to keep you guys updated on that. But I thought it was really important to talk about the signs of suicide. So you so you know what they are and also, you know, how to keep the person safe and how to talk to the person. So I hope that this was very beneficial to you and that you understand you know, the importance of really supporting someone uh, during that difficult time because it is a very hard place to be in. If you've never been there, and it's important to realize that people who've attempted suicide before, they are at a higher risk to actually attempt again. So that's why it makes sense that anytime I explain to people in my circle or let them know, people do kind of go in a frenzy because they're like, "Uh uh-oh, you know, she's she's attempted before. So that is very true um, that if a person has attempted before or if they lost a loved one to suicide, they are also um, at, you know, have a higher risk. It's also important to note that actually, so women attempt suicide more than men, but men um, often actually come, I don't want, I want to be really uh, careful how I phrase this, but men are more likely to, um, since men use, uh, more like lethal things like weapons, they often complete or not complete. They often die by suicide because they often use more like lethal means to end their lives. And women oftentimes do more like kind of um, uh, not things not as lethal. So they women often maybe do like pills 
because that's kind of a little more like subtle. So I don't know if you know that, but yes, women do attempt suicide, uh, but men actually often die uh, by suicide more often uh, for that reason. So that's something um, important nugget to uh, to just just to just for you to know. And so I'm I'm really uh, grateful that you know I was able to talk about this because it's been hard for me this month. And there were a few podcasts that I recorded in my bed, y'all, like for real. It was, I left my laptop and my mic in my bed next to me. And sometimes I would just record um, on my phone and leave my my computer and everything next to me and, you know, try to get it out as, as fast as I can. But this month has truly been a struggle, so... Again, I I just thought it was really important that we talk about this um, when it comes to suicide. And actually, the stats show that males are four times more likely to die by suicide than females. But women attempt suicide three times as often as men. So that's important to note. Um, So I just, you know, think that we have to be a little more cautious of the things of what we say to people when they're experiencing suicidal thoughts and how to best support them. So, and I also wanted to mention that when it comes to suicide, I I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast, but can you imagine having those thoughts over and over? Like for me, I had them uh, suicidal thoughts before my suicide attempt. I was thinking about it for eight months straight. Now, even before that, I was struggling with the thoughts for over 10 years on and off throughout my life. So periodically and pretty frequently. But imagine having to talk yourself out of doing something. You know, the thought is so intrusive and it's there and it's always at the forefront. And so now you have to talk yourself out of doing something that you're constantly thinking about. It is very exhausting and very draining. That's why oftentimes when I am struggling with my suicidal thoughts, I'm so tired because I'm constantly fighting with myself over and over and trying to talk myself out of doing what it is that I sometimes may want to do or figure out how to do. So it's just so challenging. And so I think the biggest thing for me when I had my attempt that's what made me, I can't speak for everyone else, but that's what made me want to eventually just to give into the thoughts because I was tired of talking myself out of it. It was just, it was just so overwhelming and so intrusive that at the time it just felt like it would be so much easier to just give in. So I didn't have to fight internally anymore. Like, it's just like this voice that just keeps you know, telling me it would be better if I wasn't here. Like, it's just, it's just really challenging. So I also wanted to mention that. And this episode uh, could have been uh, triggering for some people um, and very difficult. So I do want to caution you to make sure that if you're feeling um, unsafe, that you contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Put that number in your phone or contact the crisis um, 
the crisis texas line uh the crisis text line and um the suicide prevention lifeline also has an online chat so i'll leave those resources there um and also you can you know speak with a mental health professional or um, attend a support group if you found it challenging um, or if you were triggered by this episode I hope that you all got something from this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all, if you like this episode, can you please leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts? I'm always asking y'all. Um, so if you enjoy this, uh, please feel free to leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Um, iHeart. We're actually, we're on iHeart Radio now. So we're getting, uh, reaching more a platform so hopefully this podcast will reach the person that it needs to reach and um again if you are in the new york new jersey area feel free to check me out um i'll be speaking on sunday at 9 a.m at uh, st matthew's ame church in orange new jersey and um you all like i said thank you so much for listening thank you for supporting me um you all have a blessed week and i'll talk to you next week I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health, but please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.